0: You're listening to Sports and More with Chris and Tom.
1: Welcome back. It's the guys with the faces for radio and the voices for a silent movie. This is Sports and More with Chris
0: and Tom. I am Chris.
1: And I am Tom. And we are coming at you on a Sunday night. You're probably not going to get this Sunday night. But it's been a long weekend for the two of us.
0: Oh, it has totally been a long weekend. We've had technical difficulties difficulties. We were trying to record a video just to see how it works in OBS. And boy, oh boy, has it caused problems on our end trying to record this actual episode of the podcast? What did you expect from two guys who don't know anything about technical issues?
1: Except that it causes us problems. That's the only the only thing we know about tech is that we don't know a lot about tech. And that's all just within the, within the last about 20 minutes. So, uh, yeah, we're go ahead and try to fumble our way through the rest of this episode. But first, I want to give a bit of breaking news that uh, I did share on the Facebook page Sunday night, and that is uh, coming from Floyd Mayweather's Floyd Money Mayweather's Instagram that he announced that an exhibition um, fight between him and YouTube star Logan Paul. Um, for February 20th, 2021, and it's going to be a pay-per-view event, much like Logan Paul versus KSI. Uh, I believe that was late last year, 2019, um, and that had millions of viewers, um, brought in a lot of money, had a lot of other YouTube stars and influencers in the, um, the lead-up fights. And so it, it should be a good watch But I don't know how good of a fight it's going to be, let's be honest. So uh, we're not really that big into the boxing world, but come February, that's something that I think we're going to try to cover just because it's Mayweather getting back in the ring and uh, Logan Paul is not someone you would typically expect to go up against this kind of opponent.
0: I mean, money what it is what he's now. So this, I, it's like you send I me, mean, like, oh, this is a money grab at this point. There's no reason for him to fight at this point. This is just to make more money because that's how he rolls. Yep,
1: yeah, I, I 100% but agree. The- yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, but let's actually give you a standings, a standings update in, I don't know, three weeks. I think something like that, something ridiculous. So let's give you an NFL standings update in the NFC North. The evil green and yellow team has a stranglehold on first place in the North with a three-game lead over the Vikings because the Bears have fallen off planet Earth. In the South, the Saints are clearly the superior team. They don't even need Drew Brees to win games. They're ten and two, two and a half game on the Bucs, who looked like they're falling apart at the seams. The Giants have overtaken the Eagles in the FC East at five and seven. We may have a team go 500 and win the FC East. It's like your hopes up, but they may be average to win the division. In the AFC West, the Rams have just overtaken the Seahawks tonight. They're 8-4, tied with the Seahawks in terms of uh, record a tiebreaker over the, over the Seahawks. In the AFC North, the Steelers, blocking undefeated, 11-0. game lead over the Browns. The Browns, yes, the Browns are in second place in the AFC North. The Steelers have fallen off planet Earth as well. In the South, you know, the Titans and Colts tied for the division. In the East, you had the Bills, the half-gaming over who, 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 the Miami Dolphins. Shout-out to the Dolphins. They will probably be a playoff team. They will probably be the five or six seed at this point in time. And in the West, you have probably the best team in football in my estimation. No disrespect, and I don't mean a D-I-S-R-E-S-P-E-C-T to the Steelers, but the Chiefs are 10 and one but she's a 10-1 and rolling everybody they face. So those are them standings. Uh, we'll probably start giving you guys some playoff implications in a couple more weeks because it's the NFL things could change, but looks like we have a couple of teams that have a shingle hole and a lot of teams fighting tooth and nail for other divisions, but
1: yeah, and good guys, uh,
0: senior Thompson,
1: <laughs> this one, this is going to be a wild end of the season wild start to the postseason, and um that leads right into our next topic, which has really been just kind of a wild card the entire season in the last eight months, and that or nine months almost, I suppose, uh, and that is the NFL COVID issues. COVID's been the issue all year, and, and the unknown the wild card with everything else. Um, and it's certainly no stranger in the NFL. So, one side of this, we had Broncos versus Saints last week. Um, the on Saturday, November 28th, Broncos backup QB Jeff Driscoll tested positive for COVID 19. The Broncos' other three quarterbacks, Blake Bortles, Brett Ripon, and Drew Locke, were all put into quarantine for failure to comply with COVID protocols around Jeff Driscoll that week of practice. So they had been in close contact exposure is what they, that would be considered. So they then have to quarantine for the allotted amount of days based on when um, Driscoll would have started showing symptoms, not when his test came back, but when he started showing symptoms. Um, and so if he's showing symptoms and they're not um, maintaining protocols, then they they're all, quarantining out of that, and that leads to other fines and such uh, that are you know, league decided. But the result of this is no active quarterbacks in the Broncos organization and the inability to sign a free agent because free agents have to quarantine prior to coming into the organization, any organization. So also this is coming, what, a day before Two days before the game? Correct. Remember. So, a day, day before exactly, the game. Exactly, that's right. So, the Broncos were forced to use a practice squad, uh, excuse me, practice squad wide receiver, Kendall Hinton, at quarterback. Now, Hinton played quarterback at Wake Forest during his college career, but it's a quarterback at Wake Forest who then became a wide receiver. He's not played a down uh, or even <laughs> a practice snap. At quarterback with the Broncos he knows the offense from the wide receivers perspective and he had some experience at quarterback in college that is the closest thing that they could get now I'm going to go on to this uh, we're going to come back to him here in a, a, a minute but the Broncos attempted to get the NFL to allow them to use offensive quality control coach Rob Calabrese as their QB so one of their QB Uh, coaches knows the offense respected by the offensive players knows how to lead the team. They tried to get, and to me there was no logical explanation as to why the league did not allow that. I know that there's, there's certain signing protocols. You could sign them to a one day contract and you've seen that happen um, with several different players for, uh, you know, granted, they're mostly make a wish or finishing out a, historic uh, career uh, on a certain team, what have you, but how is this any real, really any different? It's filling a role that's needed for that day. So uh, to me, that would have been a good fit. Again, you know, he, he's he, he's an older guy, so he's probably not the most mobile, but you don't need someone mobile. You just need someone who knows the offense, and he did. Um, so all right, so the, the league, they, they didn't like that. I don't know what their reasoning was. Frankly, I don't care what their reasoning was because um, whatever it was, it probably was stupid. Let's agree to that. Anything that's coming out of the league office on a decision like this, where they're not allowing a team, any um, leeway, anything in their favor, just, you know, it's a selfish decision by the league at that point. So Hinton played a one and nine passing, uh, two interceptions. Uh, You had to know that it was going to be a running heavy game anyway. Um, It was against the Saints. There was no chance and there was no – there, there was no touchdown score. It, the thing, they, they kicked the field goal. That was the closest they got. So it, it was not a pretty game. We didn't expect it. We didn't really expect a pretty game even with um, one of their regular QBs under center. So um, I don't know what to tell you other than uh, Broncos need to get their stuff together this week because if they have to quarantine players again, uh, they could be looking at the ball boy next time.
0: I mean, this was just a horrible, horrible, horrible situation for the Broncos because, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. They don't even let them move the game. I mean, we see games get postponed all the time. They don't even bother to move this game. They find out a day before. That's like, um, can we please like push this game like two days? Like to like Tuesday, give us a chance to maybe find someone to play for us. I mean, something, some solution. But no, it's the Broncos. There, the teams are relevant. Therefore, who cares if they had to play with a a practice squad right receiver, former college QB a quarterback? Let's just make them suffer, and everyone else gets the benefit of being games pushed back. The Titans got games pushed back. Other teams are getting games pushed back, including a game that happened uh, this past Wednesday. The Ra- the game was postponed three different times due to COVID issues for the Ravens. The game was supposed to be played on Thanksgiving. It was pushed back to the Wednesday after. And it got pushed back because the player they had eighteen players to test positive for COVID during the week, with at least one player testing positive each day of the week. And one of those people was Lamar Jackson. So the Ravens get a COVID test that I think it's like Wednesday, like Two, a day before the game, they pushed that game back. But this game, they can't push back at all. Yes, Steelers would win that game in 1914 in a crazy game, but this is like double standards personified by the league office.
1: That's what irks me the most. It just grinds my gears. If you've got a game that actually means something, the Raven Steelers, and they'll go through you know, <laughs> – they'll move heaven and earth to, to get the game to actually happen six days after – Six days after it was supposed to happen, they they kept pushing it back and making arrangements. A Wednesday afternoon game does not happen. It just doesn't happen. Yet they were allowed this to happen. But Broncos Saints couldn't be pushed back even a day or two to make arrangements? That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. The league is clearly playing favorites with the better teams. And, I mean, so – we didn't expect the Broncos to pull anything miraculous out against the saints, but at least be fair to the guys. I mean, this is something that they didn't wish upon themselves. Yes. The, the quarterbacks weren't uh, following protocols, but you, you still, I mean, the, you, you can't say that the Raven Steelers were absolutely following protocols. If players were testing positive every day of the week, something was going on there too. Yet they were granted a gift. To play six days later they actually have more time to prepare prepare for their games yet the broncos are scrambling to find anybody with a halfway decent arm and an understanding of the offense to play in less than 24 hours the league is has lost control of right. this season
0: they have no idea what they're doing they had no plan they've been making things up as they went along they, i mean like well, cmlb they had a they had a semi sort of plan place. It looked awful at first with the Marlins, like what, like three weeks, of two to three weeks. Eventually, played played all their games and finished the season. I think only missed like two games. Big whoop dee doo out uh, of 60 games, they missed two. Big, big whoop-de-doo. But the MLB at least got through their season. The NBA went to a bubble. So you have all the NHL bubble, WNBA bubble, MLS bubble. Everyone did something. They found some way to get through a long season and finish it. With with game tests and the NFL had months to watch everyone else do and they couldn't. That's a, a lack of ability to think on the fly that shows how bad the league's going to get in the next couple of years.
1: If this is the way that the league, if this is how the league is being run right now, and if this gives any indication of how it will be run in the future, because this is not going away anytime soon, we, we, we've been telling ourselves that for the past nine months. And uh, so if this is how they've made their game plan over nine months and how they were planning to respond to a situation like this, you can't you can't tell me that you weren't expecting something like this to happen at some point. um, And this is their response to it. Then you're going to lose respect among players, coaches and owners all the way across the league. And they're going to make themselves known. It is going to be a mutiny against Roger Goodell. And I mean, I will be right there with them because I don't care who it is that's playing. You have to have a standard approach to the situations. If your standard approach is to postpone the game six different times, three different times, whatever it was, six days, then follow that. If your approach is to, you have to make uh, accommodations with the players that you have, and you're gonna keep your original player uh, game date, then that's fine, but you have to be consistent. That's what gets me the most is if they had told Ravens and Steelers, all right, you have to play on Thanksgiving with the players that you have quarantine, the ones that are out, but play with what you've got. I would have no issue. We probably wouldn't have this long of a conversation about it, but it's the principle of the fact that they sent the Ravens Steelers six game six days later, made a combination after a combination and they can't move one day for the Broncos. Roger Goodell, get your head out of your you know what and think yep. straight.
0: I mean, the Titans, I uh, was the Titans Bills or the Titans Steelers. What that game got pushed back like six days as well. That mm-hmm. game, they kept pushing back and pushing back yeah. and pushing back. So that's the standard. That's the first issue you have. That's the standard you have to go by for every other team down the line. Yes, the Titans and Steelers are both playoff teams, or if it's, it was the Titans Bills, two playoff teams, but you have to use the same standard and apply it to everyone. I mean, it was. Like, like five games and lose six straight and they could no longer be a playoff team. But at that point in time, but now they said they pushed everything back. Broncos saints. Well, gosh, darn, we're not going to push anything back because the Broncos don't matter. Screw you. And Roger Goodell, like Tom said, get your head out of your um, derriere and start thinking straight. Fidel Goodell, the lead, the head of a drug cartel, as some would say, because gosh, Johnny, you're an idiot.
1: It is impossible to underestimate him at this point. Um, of what decision he is going to make. And um, we've said this about others throughout the season, but Roger Goodell has the communication skills of an alarm clock. You don't want to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't want to hear it when you wake up in the morning, but it's like peaceful, 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 peaceful. Bam! I'm waking you up. I'm in your face. I'm your problem now. He's not gonna say anything for the longest time, then he's just gonna be bam, make something controversial and make everyone recognize again, once again, why he is not a competent commissioner.
0: Remember, this guy gets a hundred million dollars to run the NFL. Think about that. I wouldn't get a hundred million dollars. I mean, goodness gracious me alive. I mean, the owners won't fire him because everyone's yelling about Goodell. That's the reason why he won't get fired, because he will take the heat and take it willingly. When you pay a guy $100 million a year, he's going to take whatever heat gets thrown his way because what the heck does he care? (laughs) I mean, really, I'll I'll take being that.
1: When you pay a guy $100 million, million, though, you expect him to make good decisions. He's proving to be a non-essential vitamin right now.
0: Hey, the owners do not care about that. They just want someone to take the blame from them. That's all they care about. He is the shield for the shield, as it were, to protect the owners. That's all they care about because the owners are greedy, douches. And, yes, I'm angry because of the Bears right now. I'm so angry. at The Bears. i am all other 31 owners. I'm so angry with the Bears right now. Sorry, everyone. The Bears have ticked me off to the nth degree. I didn't even watch the game today because I knew it was going to be something like losing a 14 point lead was going to happen. I don't trust them anymore. Sorry. This is about the saints, Bronco saints, Broncos, Ravens Sears by gosh, darn it. I'm upset.
1: I'm right there with you. Looked at my phone at the end. Yeah. We turned the game off um, at a certain point uh, and looked at my phone and I was like, Oh no, that was not supposed to happen. And just kind of mood killer ruined the afternoon. Just like we lost to the Detroit lions lions. Um, so,
0: who judge by
1: their coach? Yeah. Maybe that was maybe that was their problem. the coach. And now you know they're proving. Oh yeah, we can win without Matt Patricia. All right. Uh, we're we're really getting off on a tangent like we always do. Anytime yeah, we go right. on a rant about the, the Bears, we somehow somehow make all the NFL stuff about the Bears. But enough about that. Chris, can you introduce our next uh next topic?
0: If that wasn't enough mayhem in football, yes, the title is up. So for those of you listening, you guys already know it's football mayhem because, gosh, darn it, all the mayhem happened in the last week. There's a situation that happened at Vanderbilt last Saturday. We got to see the first female football player in the Power 5 Conference play history. I say first in Power 5 because there was a female kicker for, I believe, Colorado State a number of years back. So this is not the first female football player. This is the second female football player, but she's the first in Power 5 Conference. Sarah Fuller, who was the starting goalie on the 2019 Vanderbilt Women's Soccer Team, that was eliminated in the first round of the NCAA Women's Soccer Tournament that year. She was added to the roster on Tuesday, uh, uh, November 24th before Thanksgiving because a starting kicker and special teams coach, and I don't know if anyone else has a positive. I couldn't find any information, so I'm sorry. This is just information I can remember and uh, you can verify. she had this a positive for COVID, so they have signed her to the team because they needed a kicker. No problems there. She got one snap, and it was the open kickoff for the second half because, well, they were down 21 nothing to Missouri, which if that says something about how good Vandy is, they are so bad that you could uh, polish a turd, and it would be um, – I, I don't think the polish works. I think it would just become even turdier than it is now. <laughs> and and the kick was a, um, well, a miserable 30-yard kick, and, but it's being touted by – miserable's extra, a nice by- way to put it. In by um, uh, people who know nothing about football as a perfectly executed script kick. The second half kickoff, they were down 21-0. Ain't nobody script kicking to Missouri advancing doing an onside kick or kicking the ball out of the end zone. Now, in all fairness to her, Pam McAfee did know in this podcast that the guy hold the ball because they couldn't get on the tee. There must have been a win or something knocking the ball. That That's the protocol. That if you get, mm-hmm. if the ball is on the tee twice, you have to hold it with the guy. That's why I'm assuming he I didn't watch the game because I don't watch much football, much less Vanderbilt football. I, I have enough problems in my life. I don't watch bad football. And the guy holding the ball was holding the ball, like, towards her, so it wasn't, like, straight up, straight down, so it makes the kick a little bit harder. So no all fairness to her, it could have been a bad hold. could have been a bad kick. Who knows? I'm not here to judge the kick. Okay. I'm not a professional but, kicker.
1: But did you see her form, though? That was that was a soccer kick, okay? That's, yeah. that's the kind of kick you, you see a goalie take, yeah. you know, kicking the ball all the way downfield. Um, that's, that's not, that was not a a football kick at all. And I I know that because, you know, back in my soccer days when I was five, no, I'm kidding. Um, but. Uh, the, the the few games that we watched at Illinois College, you know, that you can kind of pick up on how a soccer ball is kicked compared to when we watched the football games the day before. Uh, how how footballs are kicked, totally different form. And granted, mm-hmm. you know, not a whole lot of time to prepare. Not going to discredit her for uh, for that because she's no. not a football player. But no. You gotta have, and and also, you know, no special teams coach to tell her that her form is bad. So uh, you, you can't take the soccer player exactly. out, of her, um, out of her in that amount of time, and no one expected to. So I'm not gonna defend her, but I'm just gonna say, like, she kicked it the way that she had always kicked it, probably. So th- that's no discredit to her. That's just how she always had. Probably. Um, but here's here's something that uh, you know you you had brought up to me earlier in the week. Their punter, Vanderbilt's punter, was available for the game, and the punter practices with the kicker. And all right, so punters and kickers don't—it's not a one hundred percent crossover. But he's at least—I mean, he's—he's kicked more footballs than Fuller has. So, So let's at least maybe give him a shot. Yeah. At. At maybe kicking doing a kickoff because that's all that the, they did. I mean, they got scummed, so it's not like they're gonna need him any more than they needed her. He can do a kickoff just as easily, but this was a, made, a way to make right. uh, Vanderbilt relevant for the week because otherwise, do you really care about unless? I had to throw that out there because you know, you, you have it available, yeah. You get okay? This kid's going to school for, you know, to play football too. But, uh, give him some some chance to shine. Hey, coach, put me in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to bad kick, so what? The media went bonkers with it, like, oh, great, not this again, where they over have a bad play kick because historic. But then as more information came out, my sympathy got less for her because, well, we found out that she gave a half speech to the team and my mind went the F she did, she's a kicker, first and foremost. Kickers do not get speeches <laughs> on football teams. Gosh darn it, she's a kicker. And second of all, she's on the team for four days. And what the heck does she and you don't talk I would play baseball for fourteen years. I know you play baseball for longer than I did, but I know for danger if someone got on the team for four days and started giving speeches, I would like the heck are you talking about, son. This is baseball. You have no idea what's going on. Shut up and stop talking. We That's have like, things to do. This is not because she's a woman. It's because you're a new player on the
1: team for four days. You have not earned the right to talk. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. That that is something that you know I, I experienced in uh, high school. Not really that much in college, but high school baseball. You had the guys that they were freshmen getting called up, and I'm not going to name names, and it wasn't anything specific, but like and. They they had earned their spot on varsity, but they had not earned their spot to be the voice for the team. And uh, we didn't really have any like halftime speeches. But that's that same situation as you get a guy who's like freshman getting called up to, to varsity for maybe extra slot on the roster in the postseason, and he's given the pregame speech. It's like no, okay, maybe with your maybe with your class, maybe in freshman ball, JV ball, sure, but varsity. You got to earn your stripes before you can do that. This is the same deal, okay? She's a guest on this team, pretty much. She has to earn her stripes before she can even rip into. Yeah. She, I, I'd say maybe learn to kick the ball the right way before you go ripping into the team. <laughs> and this is not a man woman thing. This yeah. is just earning your way onto the team. No, no, she was no. invited to the team, and then this this just makes her kick even in in a worse light because. Now seeing that her halftime speech was ripping into the team, and then she did that. It's one thing if maybe she was including herself in the poor play, if like her kick was crap, and then she's like, all right, well, let's get it going. We need to do better second half. That, all right, you know, we can kind of see that she's yeah. excited. But ripping into the team and then following it up with that, that's that is bad karma.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it it, it irked me. Like, okay. One, you you think because you're starting starting on the soccer team, you can talk on the football team. That's not how that works in any sport, any team, any place in the world. And then it got worse from there. She was named co-special teams player of the week for the SEC. She had a kick of 30 yards. I don't think that qualifies you to win special teams player of the week at any conference, at any level, at any time in history. And she gained Heisman votes. Let me repeat that. She gained Heisman votes. That's the best player in college football, typically quarterback. But, but 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 he's Heisman I mean, gosh, freaking darn it! This is not a this. If let me continue, let me continue. Um, the, the head coach, Derek Mason, who made this, who made this egregious decision, he got fired Sunday after the game. So he, <laughs> so he was probably trying to take his job because he was like 017 seven. Next day he gone because really he, blown by, right? yeah, he got blown by. Yeah, if I got blown by probably a stunt to keep his job. Trying to go woke, get woke, go broke, but it. But then we find out that their game yesterday against Georgia was postponed to December nineteenth. This was happening throughout the week. It was bubbling up, and it was—we uh, are being told by those in sports who are above us, the, the, our overloads, the woke centers, the the um, Fox Sports, the the CBSs—that uh, this was due to injuries and COVID concerns. I know from reliable sources from okay kubin who, who they are based in Tennessee. Um, uh, Clay Gers is for, went to Vandy. He he. Uh, they know that there were people who were threatening to quit the team because of what happened with the Sarah Fuller madness. So this is not the increase in COVID is to cover up the fact that players are not happy. They were there's a lot of them very frustrated. They were not going to have enough players to play against Georgia. So that game's supposed to be due to how they had this entire situation in the first place. So. In my estimation, I Tom knows and a lot of people who know me know I don't really give a rip who you are because I played with a girl on my and she played her tail off for the team and she was perfectly fine on the team. No one treated her indifferently, at least from I can recall all those like ten years back but I digress that my issue with this is that we are treating her like she is like fantastic Jackie Robinson level. And this was the farthest thing from it. This is the bigotry of soft expectations. And no one is recognizing that because what they're trying to do is push the woke narrative that she, because she's a woman, because she can make history, she should get awards, even though she did not earn said awards. And that's my problem with this. That's what frustrates me. If she had gone on. I played like linebacker and I got like two sacks and a, and ten tackles, no problems. All oh, props to you, you're dang good. But you kicked the ball thirty yards and you win all these like, things. Now I have problems with the situation.
1: Absolutely, and and even in her position, like as a kicker, if she goes out and maybe hits a uh, forty-five yard or something like that, that for someone who has not kicked the football, right, that that's impressive. I mean, you can't just go out and do that. It takes a lot of practice, especially with the soccer kick style that she was doing. So, I mean, something like that, I could see maybe like giving her co-special teams player because she came into a situation that she was not prepared for four days earlier and uh, you know kicked a nice field goal, something like that. That's, that's worth it. But to give her co-special teams player of the week, that's a participation trophy at that point. How do you think the other co-special teams player of the week felt knowing that he was, he missed out on his opportunity to actually be granted an SEC player uh, of the week for special teams because a woman showed up to play. And it's not just because she's all right. It, I, I truly believe that she was given the co special teams player because she made history. But think about that a guy who maybe actually did his job, made field goals, kicked off well, punted well. I don't know what uh, I didn't honestly even check to see who the co. Uh, player of the week was return for did. a touchdown. <clears throat> so, still, th- think about this, this. Yeah, that's right. Special teams is not just kickers. Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, you forget for a second that special teams doesn't have to be just the ones kicking the ball; it's the one, the one returning it too. So, uh, how do you think he feels when uh, you know someone kicks a thirty yards and they get the same honor that you did for returning a touchdown? I, I think there there is that favoritism. This in this league but um this uh this is showing that vander giving vanderbilt a lot of airtime and i think that that's something that they needed because i mean aside from an alum who really cares about vanderbilt football um they're you know, they're, they're they're not alabama <laughs> They're not LSU. When you're talking about SEC football, you don't throw Vanderbilt into the mix of uh, top-tier teams. They're just kind of in the league. They're in the division. So they're just there. It's it's the one where Alabama sees them on the schedule. They and just exist. That week, we got a guaranteed win.
0: We're trying to say, look, let's be real about this. History made, Yes. But this is not Jackie Robinson level. This is not Jackie Robinson level history. Jackie Robinson was a was a all-American athlete for baseball and track. Was a was a key player, was one of the best players in the Negro Leagues at the time. Was the first black player in a racist time in our history. And there was the KKK running rampant around. The, he was being threatened. His team was being kicked out of motel hotels, and all this other gar- garbage happening. He was so uh, he led the team to the playoffs his year, and gosh darn it, the man was a was a regular year. He was a stud of a player. This is not even close to that level, and I, and this that to me. That is being project to Jackie Robinson I was Like no, Jackie Robinson was a stud athlete who was a stud player who deserved every he ever plays from start to finish. And he was a icon who deserved what he got at that time, who deserves all the accolades he received post that time, but he earned those accolades at that time as well.
1: Absolutely. And so I think comparing Sarah Fuller to Jackie Robinson is, um, is ill guided. Uh, It's it's not warranted, but I do want to uh, kind of, tie this all back i i don't necessarily think that this is going to be a a trailblazed uh path for girls in ncaa football necessarily from her perspective because she was already a a scholarship athlete in a different sport but you know i i don't think that this is the last woman that we will see um play college football even in the power five and honestly i hope that it happens i just hope that it happens legitimately so i i I do think that girls will look at her as a role model even given her limited play and her limited effect and that's not a bad thing at all that's a fantastic thing because we need people to aspire to be big and this is a goal that a lot of people have men and women alike and so for her to actually do it that she was given this opportunity, it shows someone that it's possible. So I think that that's a good thing to look forward for the future. And again, this is kind of the political answer uh, for me, you know, the the diplomatic answer, but I I do think that this is a good thing going forward that we could see more things like this happen, not necessarily out of a gifted opportunity, but out, out of a truly warranted earned opportunity. And I think that that's, that's great for football.
0: I agree with that hundred percent. I, sorry. Am I see participation awards given out and they just, it frustrates me I to either dial things I back agree. and remind people that when we, when we put things in historical, if we have to put them in, into proper, this is the history. We'll see how big it is by how many, female football players we get in college football and the NFL, but Tom wrestling up to me, the, uh, uh, this morning and that he want to talk about big time. And I've looked more into it. It's kind of crazy what happened. Tom, why don't you take this away and give us what happened.
1: So, uh, we'll set the scene. We're down in Texas. We're in a playoff football game. And you get ejected from, from said football game. Don't know the backstory, probably a dirty hit, probably targeting, something like that gets you ejected. What is your response? Is your response, take your gear, go back to the locker room, just like you're supposed to, or back to the bus, wherever, or do you go and attack the referee? That is what happened in a Thursday night game. This was on December 3rd in a Texas high school football playoff game. Emmanuel Duran, um, it was uh, between Edinburgh High School uh, and Far San Juan Alamo uh, High, and... Duran was ejected from the game after his second personal foul of the game. So that's the situation that we have here. It's the recurring thing happening to this same player, uh, defensive end. And after hearing he was ejected, he threw his helmet on the ground, turned around, and charged all the way, halfway across the field. So I mean, he's probably about 30 yards from where he started from the sideline, learning that he had just been ejected, and blindside hit the ref. And I mean, we're not talking just like push them over. We're talking refs, feet in the air, fall, fell down hard. And if you look in the video, it, please look this up. Just, uh, I, I can't find that, that. We'll put a link somewhere um, to the video. We'll post it ourselves. But Google Texas high school football player hits ref. It's out there. Sports Center had it. ESPN had it. Barstool had it. It's all over the place. But... Um, you can see in the video his own teammates chasing after him to try to stop him. Um, the ref, uh, who made the announcement ejected Duran from the game suffered a shoulder injury and concussion like symptoms. Um, Edinburgh would go on to win the game 3521 and to clarify Duran was from Edinburgh high school, uh, but they would be suspended from postseason play because of this incident. Um, did I mention that he was Duran was charged with Class A assault on Friday, and a cash bond of ten thousand dollars was placed on him. That's how terrible this was. This truly was criminal. Like, this was this was assault. The, the, you, you see targets like this in games in games, and you see that it's intentional. And you think if that happened in the real world, that would be assault. And that's what happened. This was outside of the field of play, He did not have a helmet on, this was not a player, this was a ref, and he attacked him, okay? That is, (laughs) that cannot be tolerated. And this is a perfect example, uh, and they're they're setting that example of him by placing charges on him. And I I truly think that it's warranted because what he did was an attack. Duran, very talented athlete, um, seems to have had some emotional processing issues during his high school career. He was all district defensive end in Texas in the 2019 season. So, like we said, he's he's talented. You know, Texas high school football is a big deal. So for him to be all district down in Texas, that's huge. And and he he was a big guy um, and uh, probably put up a lot of big stats. So big loss for him to be ejected from the game. Even bigger to cost the season. Um, so, But he was suspended during the 2019-2020 soccer season for a similar incident involving um, it, you know, the, the loss of <laughs> losing his head over a situation, getting emotional, letting his emotions take control, getting kicked out for, for the entire season. And uh, just going back to the talented athlete, he was 2019 All Area Boys Wrestler of the Year last year so this is a big guy this is a talented guy strong because he's a defensive end and a wrestler so it's not like it was a, a scrawny little kid trying to push over a ref and get uh, all upset about it this was a man okay so i think what happened to the ref was terrible um and we've all been in a situation where a ref made us mad an umpire made us mad but we have never gotten to the point where we wanted to physically harm like Duron did in this situation. Completely out of line. And I think that this is going to be the beginning of a very long road ahead for him because now he has charges on his head, and he also cost his team the, uh, the, the game. So not only did you get ejected and your players are probably not happy for you, uh, your teammates are probably not happy with you about that. Now your your team is suspended. Now your entire team and probably a lot of your school and the community around it is mad at you because Texas high school football is a religion down there. Let's be honest; that (sighs) it is a way of life. Yeah. Now you have assault charges on your head, which will stick with you. Yes, it is. That will taint your reputation even more so than the other two things. This is something that, especially given his incidents in the past. He has got to control, or it will control him.
0: Absolutely agree, hundred percent. Sorry, guys. I was, if Tom knows, I was probably a little distracting my dog playing, but not getting enough attention. So I had to play with her a little bit while Tom was talking. So I had to pump myself mute and then try to take care of the dog, so I wouldn't interrupt mention this. I don't know. I if I did, if you did, I I apologize for remembering. But Durant was a senior. He probably caused a scholarship to several colleges because of this incident. He was a senior. So this is his last play ever at his high school. And that's what you're going to remember for forever is that your last play as a senior, you attacked a referee because you got ejected because you committed two personal foul calls. Whether you agree with them or not, you got thrown out of the game. You should have walked that way and just called it a night. Instead, you – Try to WWE spear the man and take him out of commission permanently, and it's just not a good luck. I know you're like 17, 18 years old. You're not your brain's not fully developed, but it is a bad luck, man. It's a bad luck,
1: right? And um, you know, for him it, thinking about his future, like you said, he, he's a very talented athlete, very strong individual. Um, all District in Texas is a very uh, high honor. I don't know what division of football that they were playing. But, um, you know, to make all district and anything, get your name out there. So like you said, he probably was um, getting some offers from some schools. Don't know where. Um, but I can tell you one thing. Those offers are probably gone. And, and that, that's, that's probably even before he would have done this. He might have lost some because of personal foul, incident issues. Some of those coaches don't like head cases on the field, no matter how good they are. You're not in the pros. You don't have uh, the right to, to act like a head case. Not that being in the pros warrants any, (laughs) anything like what he did, but you know, you're in a position where you need to set yourself up for success and make a, an impression on coaches and players. And even if we're not talking about football here, but talking about life, future employers are going to see this video and think this guy cannot control himself on a football field. What makes us think that he could control himself in an office or a warehouse when someone makes him that? So let let's let's throw that out there too. Is you know this this is not going to bode well for him unless he takes action to get ahead of it. He needs to get ahead of it, control himself, control the situations, and learn to cope differently than he is. And that's speaking with advice a man who has a very short temper I do
0: I couldn't agree more
1: you've seen it man. you've seen
0: it yeah it, 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 to be because kind of like okay what happened what do we what what happened but all kidding side it isn't it is an issue for the kid it's going to cost him b- uh bigly as some might say uh but it is it is an issue it could be it's going to be an issue for a while hopefully this is the wake up calling he needs. But yes. now we have to get into uh, a segment that Tom's going to enjoy. I, I I, I, have to be a little bit upset about this. I have to now say that Tom was the winner of our picks. Of, I believe it was like what week thir- 12? Cause it was the Thanksgiving day picks. You're giving this victory speech for even though you did win our week 13 picks that just happened. So that's right. hey, this is, this is the week 12 week 13 we'll be having the next episode, but because it's, Again, we're scheduled recording on a Sunday. We know who won already, but I was the, 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 the not the winner for the past two, but this is for the week 12 win, so, Tom, Loser. take it away. Give your <laughs> – yeah. I,
1: you I know you didn't like it when I said that on Wednesday, too. I didn't uh, hear
0: that. I, I was just not the
1: You're just not the winner. Okay. Mute yourself. Um, <laughs> well – uh two minute victory speech for me i'm just going to go in and uh say a merry christmas to everyone who maybe doesn't get to listen to this right away um and i I like christmas a lot i love celebrating christmas and uh one of the things that i have always had as a tradition in my family that my dad set forth was decorating the house with christmas lights among many other traditions including cutting down a tree picking out a live tree um and and decorating inside the house But always wanting to decorate. We lived on a a corner lot growing up. Decorate so that you could see the house um, from any direction. And so we we, uh, put lights on the roof. We put lights on the bushes, on the trees. And I loved doing that. And Dad would always want to go bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, since I bought my house two years ago, I did a little bit the first year. And then I did a little bit more the next year. A little bit more after that. So the point where my neighbors, I don't really have, I'm not even the most decorated on our street, but my neighbors call me Clark Griswold now. So um, I, I just want to put that out there. If you love Christmas lights, love your Christmas lights, put them up, go big because you're going to see if you, I mean, I'm not going to get my address out there, but if you see my house in German Valley next year, it's going to have more lights than it did this year. And in two years, you're going to see even more and more and more lights. So that's my thing. I like doing Christmas lights. That's what my dad always did. And so I want to keep that going for, uh, for my household. So my kids can appreciate it too. So, uh, just looking out for that. Um, if you like Christmas lights, Show us in the Facebook comments what your Christmas lights look at in your house, on your house, outside of your house, around your neighborhood. Um, because I love to go look at lights. We always used to drive around and check out the neighborhood um, lights, too. So uh, for those of you who think, oh, Clark Griswold, he's going over the top. Thank you. I think that's a compliment. I love it. And I'm going to continue to do it no matter what people say uh, and to the point where it may become a nuisance. And uh, a city ordinance is all that's going to take to, to get me to stop but nothing short so I, I love my Christmas lights I'm gonna keep doing it bigger uh, Chris you know where I live so um, you, you'll be able to check it out anytime
0: oh yeah that's I like hearing those stories because we used to do Christmas ziens like, around our block and there's always the family the the competition started between some families, but there's always one family in our block that always won everything because the lights everywhere on the bushes, on the on the roof, bowl-up uh, things everywhere. It was, it was mayhem, but it was awesome at the same time. I don't personally do decorations right now because it's just me and my town with my dog. And that's just more of a hassle to, to store all the decorations everywhere at this point in time. But if I ever, ever, ever get a house, probably I'll decorate a little bit. Again, Single dude, I. This is for all the all you people listening. Chris is not all there mentally, so I see decoration. I see I store this somewhere, so therefore I'm not going to get it right now because <laughs> I don't have a place to store it. Therefore, I don't decorate much because that's how my brain works. My brain runs on a very A plus B plus C plus C plus D and gets to the end point and says that's where I want to go. I don't start at A and just keep going. I have to stop at a point. Are
1: you? So saying I apologize for those who
0: don't see decoration.
1: You're good. Are you? Are you saying that if you weren't a single guy, you would decorate more?
0: Yeah, there's a possibility that might happen. But, uh, at this way, <laughs>
1: you could be the one who gets Chris to put the Chris back in Christmas oh. um, and uh, get some lights on this house. Get some lights around the place. Put a tree up. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know. I'm just. I'm just kind of throwing things out there. Um, but <laughs> this is again going back to if you didn't uh, hear our episode where my victory speech was the, the dating profile of Chris Miller. Um, that is, uh, you gotta go back and listen to that to know why we're bringing this up now. But anyway, um, that I, I like to know that you like the lights and, but I, I understand your practicality of it too.
0: Yeah, so that's where I say I like the lights but all those people who put lights up, I love it. Keep doing it. But please follow our Facebook page for an update regarding our show and our live sh- and we are we may have an idea instead of doing a live stream, you might just record a video instead of plus to YouTube. We're getting closer. We think we have a solution. We're, we we tested out today, like we had Lucy in the intro. We'll see how that goes. But you can follow our Facebook page for more information or email us at Sports and More with CT. That's capital C capital T at Gmail.com with any questions, concerns, arguments against ideas you have or anything else you want to email or comment about for
1: the show. You can also go to our anchor page, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you get your uh, podcast to listen to. Christian Mingle, wait, no, not that one. Um, that, was, uh, that was actually in our test run. I wasn't supposed to put that out there. Never mind. Uh, don't go there. You won't find us there, uh, especially not me. Um, anyway, uh, what we want to throw out there is, you know, we we we're on the different listening platforms that have a, uh, Apple and um, Android apps, so go out download our podcast listen on your morning and afternoon commute um if you taking a road trip throw us on maybe you'll fall asleep no don't fall asleep with the wheel it's a terrible idea but no, 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 um, we, we if you got you know half hour 45 minute commute it's about a little bit short of what our, our episodes are but maybe if you got a half hour commute listen to the first part in the morning second part in the afternoon so uh yeah listen to us on and make us part of your morning drive um and uh, that way you can be on top of all the episodes that we create and it'll give you time every day to go back and listen to those old ones too
0: there are all these big goodies and we would like to thank all of you probably the tens and tens of people our ridiculous ramblings and takes on everything including christmas lights and football absolute mayhem
1: that is right, and our next episode's creation date is to be decided. Yippee ki yay! Our next weekly NFL pick should be uploaded before the ne- the Thursday night game next week, uh, and that so that will be twelve ten. Keep an eye on our Facebook page for an update regarding the next episode, and uh, like we said, we're going to have a dedicated Christmas episode coming up, uh, controversial but lovely nonetheless, and so you will be able to hear about that. First from the Facebook page, might put a little bit of a uh, sneak peek out there first. But uh, until then, as always, please stay safe and healthy.
0: Sports and more with Carson Tom is brought to you by no one. All non-original thoughts and ideas were properly noted during each segment.